So welcome to the Do Everything With Flow podcast show, hosted by Wadi, Myron, Amber, and yours truly, Davey. We are community learning, growing, and engaging relevant discussions for creatives in today's culture. Love God, love people, do everything with love. Let's go. Today, we have some special guests with us. Um, to my left, your right, we have worship director and minister Ronald Green from Bridgeway Community Church. Ronald, say what's up, man. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? And thank you guys for having me. Thank you, David. And with love, love you guys. With love. Thanks for coming. Appreciate that. And uh, also, my dear friend from way back in the day, uh, Pastor Rodney Caldwell from One Shot Church, Silver Spring, Maryland. Thank you guys for having me. I just want you to know I know who David really is. I know who he really is. Um, And yeah, we are really excited to have them on our panel today um, because we are starting a new series, uh, which is Millennial Trends in the Church. Uh, And our first topic in our first episode, we're going to be talking about deconstruction. Um, and so I know that's been something that's been really popular uh, on our, in, in the church as millennials have been uh, really leaving the church in, in ways because of it. Um, but really want to dive deep today about why that's the case and, and, and what we can do about it. So with that being said, um, Amber, can you tell the people a little bit more about uh, what deconstruction is? Yeah, sure. Um, the AI chatbot bar can. Uh, so I'm going to read you all the definition that I uh, got from, you know, keying in a few questions from there. Deconstruction is a term used to describe the process of critically examining and questioning one's beliefs, especially religious beliefs. It is often associated with millennials who are in the generation born between 1981 and 1986. As we established before you mean we started. Oh, I said yes, nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety six. Yes. Eighty six. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, short window. Very, very short window. Very short window. Right right in there. And I was actually gonna say before we uh, started recording, uh, we were actually discussing that we are all in this. We are all millennials. We're all millennials. We yes. all made it. Yes, we, we are. It. We made the cut. Some of us just by the skin of our teeth. But <laughs> <We made yes. laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. So so with that, yeah, we'd like to mm-hmm. just um open the discussion around like what our views of um deconstruction nice. is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh the first question that I have particularly for you two, but for the group at large, mm. is um, you know, why are millennials deconstructing? And um, before we dive dive deep into that, um, kind of here's what I got just the four off the top yeah. reasons why um, millennials are, are deconstructing. Right. One is mistrust in, in leadership at large, um, especially of large organizations. Um, and when I say organizations, I mean organizations of modern society, which are uh, government, business, media and yeah. church. Um, they're more likely to be viewed as corrupt, ineffective or self-serving rather than trustworthy, effective, and selfless, right? Um, burnout in church, um, especially for church leaders, um, those volunteering in the church, um, you know, those that, ha- even Christian artists, that includes Christian artists as well, um, who really uh, have been burnt out or hurt by the church as well. Um, 
conspiracy theories, as we all know, um, which is really uh, coming out of a study. Uh, a recent MIT technology review investigation found that 19 of the top 20 Christian Facebook pages were run by Eastern European troll arms and Russian operatives intentionally targeting wow. U.S. Christians via Facebook ads to spread misinformation and sow division during the election seasons. Um, as we all seen with uh, the recent election with Trump versus Biden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other one is also lack of authentic community and conversation, especially around deconstruction. And a, a bonus fifth one, which is social. How how can millennials reconcile social justice issues with the agenda of the church? Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the top five, right? For why millennials are deconstructing. But I know you two have, especially you know, have been on this journey yourselves and are experiencing this as church leaders. But you know, from your perspectives, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, why do you think millennials are deconstructing? You don't want to take this first, man. <laughs> I, I can, but I mean, they're gonna have to reel me in. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let me just start by saying uh, I I am a worship director at uh, at Bridgeway Community Church, which is uh, known to be a multicultural church. So, uh, with that comes another type of dynamic as it relates to different cultures in the church and how they view politics, how they view religion, and how they express themselves and things of that nature. So, um, there it, there is an interesting dynamic to add on to that. Um, not just multicultural, but multi-generational. And I have seen throughout the years how things have somewhat shifted even in that atmosphere. Um, so I do believe as it relates to millennials, uh, the generation before us, t- their mindset, in my opinion, was more of a corporate mindset. Mm-hmm. All right, follow me for a second. More of a corporate mindset where everybody, just imagine like a pyramid, everybody is trying to get to this ideal situation. So uh, in a multicultural church, you can have um, an Asian, uh, a black man, a white man, a Hispanic man, and they could all look the same, all be the same person, just different skin. They all come to church with a polo and khakis, They all have two kids that they put in children's church and they all have a wife and they're all trying to reach the same goal here. So you have to ask yourself, is that really multicultural? I'm going somewhere with this. So Mm -hmm. is that really multicultural in the way of everybody's trying to get to the same uh, trajectory? Now, our generation is a little different in the way of we look at it as more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Whereas not everybody's trying to do the same thing, but everybody is trying to be authentic in who they are. So now you're having, even in the business sector, you're having uh, people saying, well, I want to be a business owner. I want to push my brand. I, who am I? So our, our society, well, our generation is more entrepreneurial. In the area of church and corporations, you, the, uh, the corporation usually has one leader that everybody kind of aspires to. That worked for a generation. That is not working for this generation. So when we're talking about like deconstructing, when we have, I gotta be careful what I say too. Um, <laughs> Don't get canceled out here. <laughs> when, when we have uh, personality-driven ministries, sure. 
people in our generation are not as much into it as our fathers and mothers because that's more of a corporate mindset than right. it is an entrepreneurial mindset. Yep. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, that's that's one aspect to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you're talking about um, uh, mistrust in leadership. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think especially when we're talking about race, we have we have never been as divided as we are right now in my lifetime. Um, and I believe that a lot of people in church, uh, particularly people of color, uh, they were heartbroken when they found out that, man, I thought I was welcomed here. I thought you actually wanted me here. And they came to realize that it that comes with some uh, stipulations there. We want you, but we don't necessarily really want you. We want what you offer, but don't come in and be authentically who you are. And did that come like during the the election cycle, primarily? Most definitely, I do. Yeah. I, I I do believe that because I, I I saw the change where you had uh, basically uh, people groups against people groups, nations yeah. against nations. Like literally, yeah. you had yeah. people going against each other and. Me stepping back in my opinion, I'm thinking that it's really, especially like people of color, because I can speak to that because I am. uh, It's really let me authentically be who I am without trying to assimilate to who you want me to be or what makes you feel more comfortable. You know, it's interesting. I think before the election, I always felt like it was pretty well like established the separation of church and state. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, when evangelicals, especially, got involved behind the whole Trump movement, mm-hmm. it became something where, like, the March on Charlotte, um, the attacks that have taken mm-hmm. place, the riots that have taken place, um, in the name of making America great again, <laughs> right? Um, how all that really kind of divided the church right down yeah. down the middle, and. Uh, and and so that kind of spoke a lot of uh, division and and uh, and almost hatred. I would yeah. almost, I would hate to say that, but hatred in the church for our political beliefs, not even religious beliefs, but just political beliefs. Well, they kind of intertwined a little bit. They because, did, yeah, they mixed they, up, yeah, not kind of. They they did because <laughs> literally, you know, you you weren't really a Christian until you believed what I believe. And um, reality is, and I might even get myself in trouble a little bit, but it's fine. You know, it's a podcast. <laughs> um, and we keep things real. But yes. reality is, none of us were there. You don't know. We're all trying to get to this one ideal situation the best way we can. And for some people, and I, I, I do believe that the model of church, whereas someone knows everything, and we kind of ascribe to this one individual, which which would be the pastor um that is dwindling another reason why it's dwindling is because we have all we need at our fingertips like you can preach all you want to and if you like say something opinion based or that is not aligned with the truth yeah if somebody's gonna fact check you right then and there like like real time yeah (laughs) so so at um you know uh previous generations they did not have the information that we have at our fingertips at our fingertips like that's one of the reasons why a number of people not going to college 
uh, anymore. If you have all the information, why do I need to go to college? But there, there's more to college than that. I'm an advocate for college. Please don't. Well, that, well, you know, that that comes. That's good and bad, right? I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, that's why we have a lot of conspiracy theories as well. One hundred. Whether they're for those of you that believe that they're real, or for those of you that believe they're false, it has construed uh, the doctrine of of what Christianity is. One hundred. Um, of what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, on on these topics, and uh, and I think that a lot of times uh it has part it's kind of part of the political bleed that's been taking mm-hmm. place in the church too um but like this information overload you don't know you know yeah. what especially now we're talking about ai nowadays yes you oh, don't know what boy. you're look reading or looking at in a picture or on is real or not you know yeah. it's it's kind of crazy now where i mean even trying to fact check something you got to fact check your facts yep. <laughs> like you're right, fact checking right. yeah. no, you know like true. it's crazy yeah. that you kind of yeah. yeah. so at that point you know um you know i'm grateful that we have the bible because <laughs> yeah. that yeah. never changes right um and that's something that you know i feel like you know if you are going to deconstruct that's where that's where you should start right? yeah. well when you talk about deconstruction uh also one of the things that you said in the definition in the beginning mm-hmm. um is questioning since when did questioning was questioning a bad thing right well it was a bad thing since we were growing up i know earlier we were talking about how like in the church it was even within our generation that many of us were like just just go to church yep yep there's Mm -hmm. no there was no talking back there was no Mm -hmm. option and then many times we also seen that coming home we didn't see our parents praying yeah. we didn't see our parents yeah. in scripture right we didn't see our parents like encouraging us to memorize scripture and to truly like have an authentic experience mm. with the lord yeah it was a lot of times even in our generation it was about like the theatrics of being mm. In yep. church, it was a cultural experience. It's a cultural experience, particularly yeah. Baptist. I know, mm-hmm. you know, me growing up Baptist, and um, I think that is to your question of like that was when questioning was not okay. Right, we mm-hmm. couldn't go, and this is not a knock on our parents, right? But this that was just the culture of the time, yeah. even through now. So now that we are adults as millennials, mm-hmm. we are saying like, no, yeah. where is the office? authenticity well that's the thing i don't think there was any of there was no space for that in the church right especially right. growing up i mean yeah. could you imagine yourself having that conversation with a minister or a pastor or another parent in the church saying i, I don't know if i believe in jesus um yeah i don't know i don't fully understand the father son and the holy ghost what does that even mean right i know some i, I i've heard a million explanations i'm still questioning the father son and holy ghost and what that fully means right i've heard a million mm-hmm. different i've heard it a million different ways yeah. um and i think it's been you know you go to church you hear the word you hear it preached right it's in one direction there's, there's not a discussion yeah right and then you come home you know um all of us have this one family member or maybe multiple family members that is a little crazy like and everybody knows it everybody deals with it but sometimes you're blinded to that crazy until somebody else comes in the room and like yo why why is um why is david no offense like <laughs> like why why is david like why he talk like that like why he say anything it's like oh that's just david that's just david i feel like in church we keep saying 
oh, that's just church. That's just church. Not really realizing how it looks to the outside world. I'll give you an example. Here's the thing. Um, I, I am a firm believer of the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. If I were to say that to someone who had no context of it, what they would think they you're think? crazy. They would think, think I'm absolutely crazy. <clears throat> but I think that's okay. You know, and uh, sorry, not, you know. No, please. Just to yeah. jump in. It's just, uh, I think that uh, a lot of what we just spoke of in terms of deconstruction is very symptomatic. And I'm just thinking about, okay, what is the, what is the actual root of, of what we're trying to get to when we're deconstructing? And I think really the root of it is, is do I not necessarily just have mental assent of who Jesus is or, or what's mm-hmm. written about him, the historical uh, uh, evidence or, or documents about him, but do I personally feel and, and, and experience and know him? Yeah, and that's That's what I believe is missing in um, in our generation, and it's leading people to search for something that has real power, that has real meaning, that 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 moves them, that they can feel, that they can experience. And I think that um, I mean, this is the Instagram generation, so it's whatever you post. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I also just it's it's not that it's just it's is significant to this generation, but. You know, very similar. I, I, when I was thinking about deconstruction, I, I don't know why Gideon popped in my mind, but mm-hmm. it was the fact that Gideon had never saw the mighty acts of God. Gideon's from the Bible. Gideon's from the Bible. I'm going to give you straight Bible. I don't, I don't have any anything else. For to, those of you that don't know who Gideon is, he didn't just make but, him up. Right? <laughs> but Gideon said, like, when, when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and called him mighty man of valor, Gideon said, like, we heard about you. We know what you have done in generations prior, but we haven't seen it. We haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. So there was a knowledge disconnected from experience. There we go. And and now Gideon is in this place of, yeah. I don't know what to believe. And God, but let's look at the graciousness of God. God is saying, yes. follow me and I'll show you. Yeah. Abraham, go and find yourself. When it says go and to a nation, I will show you. And, mm-hmm. and when you study it in Hebrew, it actually says, Abraham, go and find yourself. Yeah, you grew up in Mesopotamia where it, it, idol worship was surrounded by you twenty four seven. Right, I am the Lord your God, and I'm going to reveal myself to you as your shield and exceedingly great reward. Your El Shaddai, your Jehovah Jireh. I am going to, and you're going to experience me, Abraham. It's not just going to be I'm just giving you more knowledge. No, Abraham, you're going to experience and know that I am the Lord, mm-hmm. and we see that through all of all of scripture yeah yep but now in our western context yes where we're very much an intellectual analytical yeah. society we're trying to carnally experience a spiritual god there we go how can you receive a god who is spirit by carnal means wow how can you teach spirituality using carnal methods so there's this disconnect a lot of pastors are psychologists and psychiatrists. They're not operating in a spiritual office. People are coming with spiritual problems, yeah. but we don't have spiritual solutions for the problems. Mm. We're no different than a psychiatrist and a, and a, and a psychologist or any a therapist or anything. But you can see when people came to Jesus with spiritual problems, Jesus is the spiritual solution. So we have a generation that's completely disconnected 
from the revelation that Jesus is That's the it. foundation that we That's build it. on. Yep. Right. So I, I could go on and on and yeah. on, but I feel like all these other things are like fruits or branches uh, that are symptomatic of the real root. And I think the real root hmm. is connected to this this revelation, this understanding and experience of Jesus the Christ. Right. I absolutely And it's all spiritual. It. So I mean I'm hearing us so I'm hearing uh, you know, hey, well where's the spiritual approach, you know, mm -hmm. to yeah. building a relationship with Christ, especially as you're deconstructing, versus yeah. someone that, you know, is has questions about the doctrine. Cause we all know that we have people that exist that mm -hmm. that can go down the apologetics that can go down the theology mm -hmm. that can take you and take you there and back to a seminary and try to talk through and, and i'm talking about these are ex-christians that are trying to talk through mm -hmm. um, and make sense of the bible and make mm -hmm. sense of uh the christian faith and i think that a lot of times when um, there's struggle there. Um, there's, the, I think you bring up a good point that there's that missing spiritual connection that that takes place. Because even in in the Bible, Jesus talks about the people that are going to understand my parables are the ones that know who I am. Yep. You can right? only understand God because of God. That's mm -hmm. what Paul said in First Corinthians chapter go. three. He said that to those who are not spiritual, they'll never receive spiritual truths. Mm -hmm. But those who are spiritual. The spirit of God who knows the mind of God and the heart of God not only reveals it to them, mm -hmm. teaches it to them, and he says interprets, interprets it to them. Now, along that journey, right, how, you know, people get hurt in church, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're, 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 I mean, look at Hillsong, right? Um, and, and this, and the scandals that they're going through right yeah. now, right? Their, mm -hmm. their inability to, um, address uh their their let's call their uh the sexual traumas that have taken place right behind yeah. the scenes yeah. you know people that i mean and that's and that's just not them i mean that's to me a reflection of the generation a whole i think there's a whole generation that's been hurt by church their voices yeah. have been silenced um they've had to put on a face mat a fake mask when they go to church mm -hmm. only for them only for them to come back feeling empty-handed because their problems are still at large yeah and um, and so it's caused them to question who God is in their lives, right? Yeah. That, that the, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit seems like is powerless in their lives, hmm. you know? And I mean, I can speak for myself, um, that, you know, to me, without the Holy Spirit, there is no power that keeps the lights on in your spiritual body, right? Mm -hmm. We can, I can talk about the Bible. I can pray all day, but if I don't have the Holy Spirit right. to me, I got no gas, right? Yeah. So, uh, or electricity nowadays, right? Cause we electric cars anyways. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyways, my point is that, you know, I think uh, the reasons why millennials are leaving the church in droves, especially while they're deconstructing, is, you know, part of this church hurt, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, I, have you guys experienced church hurt? Have you guys had to deal with other members in your church who have dealt with church hurt? And um, and perhaps maybe, you know, what have you what have you guys seen in your experiences with in dealing with that? And before we start, maybe we should unpack church hurt i know it's mm. talked about a lot but maybe just unpacking like what yeah. that actually means because it's like such um like various spectrum of like yeah. what that could look like for various people i mean i i know that i uh i've seen it from people you know if you go 
sometimes I'll read the Google reviews of churches, right, in the area. <laughs> so you go to the one-star reviews, and be like, well, the parking attendant was mean to me. I'll never yeah. go back to that church right. ever again. That's what I was going to say. Right? I honestly think church hurt is very real. I've experienced church hurt. But, yeah. Um, I mean, there's the other side, but, which is but, really But extreme. let's just be mature believers here. Have you experienced hurt at your job, in your workplace? Sure, been backstabbed, disappointed, exactly. yeah. Sure. But for whatever reason, what I can't understand is what what does our church hurt or trauma have to do with the person of Jesus? You feel me? Mm -hmm. It's like, did Jesus hurt me? Did Jesus inflict me? It, I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I had I had a, a a pastor, only one pastor in my whole life. Like these guys know me, my story, like where I came from, and and who I am today. I, I wasn't church hopping around. wasn't raised in the church. I've only had one pastor. And that one pastor hurt me deeply, but that didn't cause me to now question who Jesus is to me because I had a personal, intimate, experiential mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus. And so I think this is all the even church hurt is, is indicative of a lack of maturity in the church. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. like, you know, I, I wonder, like, I'll ask this question. The woman who had the issue of blood and who was healed by Jesus, did she ever deconstruct her faith and what happened to her because of Jesus. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. The man who was mute, who, who was demon oppressed, Jesus cast a demon, now, now the man can speak. The demoniac who was possessed with legions of demons, Jesus frees him. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. Did he ever get to the point of, mm, I need to deconstruct? See, the deconstruction is just really a revelation that you either really know the Lord or or he's your acquaintance. He's your acquaintance. Like, is this it? Do I deconstruct my love and relationship with my wife? Mm. Do I say, honey, hold, give me some time. I need to evaluate whether I love you or not. Some do. And you know what? <laughs> it's a revelation of what was that foundation? What was that covenant really commit? What 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 was the what was yeah. the meaning of what was that marriage? What was the foundation of that? Marriage? Come on, somebody, yeah. you took. You well, know, see, I, you I do want to. I do. Wanna, <laughs> I do want to push back on that because I think that people who view their pastors as, a, as especially as a spiritual authority in their lives, when that when that trusted person in their life betrays them in whatever which way, mm -hmm. that in its that in itself could make it feel like a, a betrayal of faith, mm -hmm. right? I don't disagree with you, but I'll say this. It's not necessarily the person who was hurt responsibility as much as it is the shepherd's responsibility to help people to see. Like one of the things I, I tell people to do, when you're in your church, listen to how many times the name of Jesus is even mentioned. Hmm. Just listen. Listen to how many times the name hmm. of Jesus is even mentioned. Pastors are so gimmicky. Pastors are so, well, I, I, I want them to understand it. How can someone who's not spiritual understand spiritual truths? Mm -hmm. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to preach the gospel to you. It is the God, the spirit of God's responsibility to help you understand that. Hmm. Not my responsibility. My responsibility is to shepherd you well. Right. But the issue is in Ezekiel 34, even back then, God was judging shepherds who did not shepherd his flock. Oh, there's going to be many right shepherds way. that will be judged in judgment. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not saying I'm blaming people yeah. for your hurt in church or, 
or even I'm blaming you for deconstructing. As a pastor and as a church leader, I put more responsibility on the shepherds than anybody. Thanks for joining the Do Everything With Love podcast. We are cultivating a community around love and togetherness, and we would love you to be a part of that journey. Join us at patreon.com slash withlovemusic, where we post exclusive live videos for our patrons. So sign up and join, be a part of us. So I want, uh, to that point, we were talking about uh, shepherding and the maturity basically of the people in the church as it relates to church hurt um a part of shepherding and a part of just knowing your flock is knowing that every person is not on the same level mm-hmm. so there are a number of factors that go into church hurt and situations in church one of them could be mental health like well, one of them could be like real things that people are going through and it manifests itself in in the church here's the thing there we go i i do not equate church to the marketplace god's bride is not the same thing mm-hmm. um so someone having an experience in church in fact i believe then a number of people who have had experiences like that in church they expect more from church why because they associate it with the creator of the heavens and the earth. There's no comparison to that. So if I have in my mind that this is the place where I meet God and I have in my mind that this is the place where I get paid and here's another thing that trips you out if they're both the same place god help you Mm. but (laughs) if i have in my if if my psyche is saying this is the place where i meet god i put a certain expectation that's just human nature i put a certain expectation on that that i would not put an expectation on the people who pay me in the government whatever they don't have to care about me they don't um i expect my pastor to because that is that is literally his job is that is his job that is the definition of pastor yeah. to take care of the flock yeah. when i feel like that has not happened and i think um we need to i i think it's really important for us to empathize with people who have gone through that and i, I love what you said like um putting it on the shepherds not necessarily the, the flock because the flock are almost vulnerable to to what's going on in there and sometimes it's like man what there's so much trust there is so much trust and it's like you let me down especially once again and i can speak to this too especially if you work at church oh Oh, my goodness like (laughs) and and you want to see how sausage is made (laughs) (laughs) right and now you you are trying to balance all of that and what happens when you get hurt right when you work at church and the place where you work is what hurts you. Where do you go then for shepherding? You have, you have got to train yourself to go to God. But reality is we need God and we need people. Where and here's go? the thing. I think the line disappears when you work in church because that's where people get burnt out. Oh, 100%. You know, and 100%. I feel like when people get burnt out, they're, they're that much more vulnerable. Yep. Right. And, and because they're that much more vulnerable, they're asking questions. Mm-hmm. And they're saying they're going to the leadership saying, hey, I'm burnt out or hoping that maybe they don't say anything, but they're hoping that the leadership notices that, hey, you, you, you're putting on me more than I can bear. Yeah. And they don't care or they, they don't address it and they get hurt. And, and 
that breaking of trust yeah. takes place. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't know if I believe in Jesus anymore because right. I thought this is, I thought working for Jesus was, <laughs> right. you know, I'm working for the church was really working for Jesus. Yeah. Cause you know, a lot of people think that way. Yeah. Feel I, think, that way. I think too, it goes back to that carnality thing. I think so mm. many people are serving God out of the flesh mm. rather than serving go. God out of grace. So if pastors are, expected to be the ceo like 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 people mm. and you're trying to do something jesus never graced you to do and you wonder why you're burning out you wonder why you're frustrated That's you don't it. ever see yeah. jesus wrestle with burnout i never mm. see paul wrestle with burnout there never see peter wrestle with burnout never see these apostles as paul i was looking for the scripture but paul wasn't boasting in himself but he says but I work harder than all of the apostles, yet it's not I, it's the grace of God in me. Mm -hmm. yes. Then he, he tells Corinth, he says, it was according to the grace given to me, I was able to lay the foundation. And we know the foundation is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he tells everyone else, now you be careful how you build on it. Yeah. So here, here again, deconstructing is only necessary or only happens if something is poorly built. Mm. There we go. Something is constructed. Somewhere down the line, we say we don't agree with it. We're not happy with it. It's not secure. I don't like it anymore. Let me tear it down. And I do think there's a healthy aspect of it, which was for me, many of the traditions and customs that was keeping me away from the intimacy that actually redeemed me. There we go. The joy that I walked in, the joy that I experienced, Myron and David, they know this, the joy that I experienced oh. when Jesus redeemed my life was vanishing the longer I stayed in church and the more I was introduced to just church customs and traditions. traditions yeah. When I was able to strip those things away, it didn't mean I left the church. I just, I just, I, I refused to let those things have power over me. There we go. Yeah. I refused to let those things uh, dictate how I thought about myself, mm -hmm. how I thought about mm -hmm. other people, and most importantly, how I thought about Jesus. And so I'm still in church but I'm not allowing those things to to just influence me and weigh me down the way that they were before. And guess what happened? The joy of the Lord was restored to me. The peace of God was, is restored to me. So I feel like people are tearing down things that probably should have never been built in the first place. But my prayer is that as you deconstruct, you find Jesus as your salvation, well, I mean, as your foundation. I think that speaks to mm -hmm. the, the fine line between... Um, us being the representative of Christ here on the earth mm -hmm. and people seeing us as like, like when people see their, uh, their pastor fall short, yeah. they're, you know, they get hurt by that because their relationship to their pastor is pretty much the same relationship that they have with God. Yeah, and that's mm. terrible. And that's ter but at the same time, it's like, we're the ones that actually put those pastors on that, on that mm -hmm. platform, on that platform, on that pedestal. And like we were never supposed like the the era, I feel like the era of the celebrity pastor is kind of falling off, yes. like starting mm -hmm. to fall off. Yes. Yes. I hope it there falls off faster. I yes. But um, yes. I think people are realizing that yeah. by putting these people on these platforms, it's actually like people are getting turned off by that. They're not actually finding Christ. They're they're running away from that because it's not fulfilling them. Yeah. And yeah. and th those pastors, they can't be all things to all people. It's just too much burden on them. Right. And it, yeah, it's just falling off. Because yeah. we're not teaching people to be dependent upon the spirit of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're teaching yeah. people to, listen, to man, give the come on, y'all know what it is. You, you come to church 
I, 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 I'm getting sick to my stomach by all these relational relationship series, and I'm like, <laughs> why are we so obsessed with relationships? You know why? Because guess what? Well, this is what the young people are into. So let's talk about relationships. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. Oh how are you? How are you gonna? How are you going to reconcile with your wife? How are you going to humble yourself to understand your wife? How mm -hmm. are you going to walk in peace and forgiveness with your wife? That only flows from a real vibrant relationship Oof. with Jesus. Tell him. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I don't care how many steps, how many practical things. That's the buzzword now. Practical application. Yeah. You oh, tell boy. me what's practical about walking with this. The spirit of God is Tell me what's practical about walking with the spirit of God. Seriously. Nah. It's not that practical. At it's least not. in my life, it hasn't been. It no. hasn't been practical in how he revealed to me who my wife would be. I mean, you it wasn't. I had this this practical application, and I read this mm. book, and then I lit. No, man, the spirit of God is God. There, there's mm. nothing in the Bible where you look at the spirit of God saying something where that person was like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." Yes, right. like never. It does, yes. it it, there's nothing. No in it. Understanding it comes no later. Sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's why, why the Bible why says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Mm. Understanding comes later. Yep. Mm. When I when I revere the Lord and and I trust the Lord because I know he's God and I know I'm not then the understanding comes. We, well, so we live in a time where people need to understand up front. Yeah, like, yeah. show me show me all the steps. Reveal everything to me now, and then I'll put my money yeah. on well, it. Well, here's then the I'll put thing. Weight on it. Here's the thing. I think, I think the, the, the gap is that in church, we have to think about culture for a second, right? We're used to being talked at, preached at. Mm -hmm. Even Bible study is not really even Bible. It's somebody talking on stage, talking at you. There. Mm -hmm. I feel like to get to that deeper level of understanding there has to be a discussion and a space to have ask questions. Yeah. Questions maybe that aren't popular, questions that maybe uh, are, are challenging to answer, right? I feel like as Christians, sometimes we feel like we have to have an answer to every single question about our faith. And the reality is maybe hmm. there's some searching that we need to do as well. And it's okay to ask these questions, but I feel like in a church environment, that that hasn't taken place. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think to, to get that understanding you know, I think we're putting a lot of onus on the believer themselves to say, well, you need to get in your Bible and you need to read the word and, and understand the Bible for yourself. But also, I don't think that the church at large is exactly guilt, you know, guilt free from this either. Absolutely. You know, because they yeah. have, I feel like they have a responsibility too to actually have that space Let me for people on, to be authentic. Let me hit on that a little bit. Yeah. I, I actually think another, another thing that we need to understand, first of all, these are just facts christianity did not originate in america mm -hmm. okay. there we go <laughs> let's say not even originate in america and all of these bible stories did not happen in america and america has our western world has a different culture period yep. then so when you talk about burnout that's one thing i was going to ask you like are you talking about church burnout or talking about regional burnout because the that spirit rests on the western world period mm -hmm. so i think the church is actually uh, a subculture to what's going on in the western world mm -hmm. so at the end of the day here's the thing i think this is where we find the challenge we try to insert our culture into the bible there we go and it does not work okay. it does not work there's this uh, uh book that i read called misreading scripture through western eyes like um and you literally looking at scripture as if 
So I'll give you an example. When they talk about um, know ye that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Many people talk about that and think about, oh, I need to work out like Wadi and then uh, have this bomb body. <laughs> yeah. But reality is our Western world thinks of everything in an individualistic mindset. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about know ye that your body is a temple, like my body is a temple. No, 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 no. Corporately, what if your meant your body as in the body of Christ, mm -hmm. which now actually intersects with many other scripture in the Bible talking about we are a body and the spirit of God dwells in you as a group. We try and... Mm, Okay. All right. <laughs> a lot of Christianity is self-focused. Yeah. There we it go. is. Yeah. A lot of Christianity in our Western world is self-focused. And the reality is we were never meant to walk or deal, this, uh, deal with this walk alone. Right. That's reality. And we're trying to fit our culture and our mentality and our lifestyle into something and it just does not fit so that kind of segues into one of our other questions uh we got to get back to that first question but but with that comment you just made where do you see um where do you see the church going at this point do you see that do you see the do you see the i guess america 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 the united states of america going into a post-religious I, I think it's going into a beautiful place and, yeah. and the reason being is because uh, what a terrible place to be in when you are deceived, mm. when you're deceived, when you when you when you actually believe that, uh, for instance, I say that because but are you equating destruction with deception? Huh? Are you equating destruction? I mean, deconstruction, deconstruction, deconstruction. Yeah. deconstruction. <laughs> deconstruction no, with not deception. deconstruction with deception. Okay. Uh, yeah, it could be absolutely though. It, it could be. be. It could be. It could be. Could be. Could be. What I'm speaking in, in regards yeah. to the more that we see be taking place in the world, the more disruption, the more, uh, the, the, the division that we see, almost the chaos, for lack of better words, that mm -hmm. we see happening in the body of Christ. I think, I praise God for it, and here's why. Because for years, like my brother just said, Western Christianity was viewed as the flagship for the rest of the world. Yep. People looked at Hillsong and was like, that is the that is the church. That's what we should all be esteeming for and and striving for to achieve. When when Jesus ministered to John and he gave John a letter to one of the churches, the church of Laodicea, and he said, "John, I want you to write this letter. Write the words that I tell you." And in the words, Jesus said, "This church had a great reputation. Mm. They declared that they were alive and prosperous and had need of nothing." But in the eyes of Jesus, he said, they are blind, mm. naked, and destitute. Mm. Mm -mm. So I think it's dangerous when we are allowed to run around as if we're prosperous and we're good and we're alive. Oof. But in the eyes of the master of the mm. church, the chief shepherd of the church, the husband of the church, the one who redeemed the church with his own blood says, you're actually dead. You're actually naked. You're blind. You're missing it. Well, I think that's what uh, I think a lot of millennials uh, have issue with the church because, like, if you were to talk to Hillsong, I'm sure they would tell you, well, the Spirit of God is alive in this church and still and alive mm -hmm. and well. But their downfall was the lack of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. no. There we go. And so, and so, when, you, when there's a, a lack way. of, a, but when there's a lack of accountability, though. That's that's what creates. We go back to this. So accountability, this accountability is the savior. Are, are accountability is the church. savior and the glue of the church. 
No, it's not. But we're just talking to the topic of why millennials no, let's are talk, the church. But let's talk for real. Like, why do we cheat on our wives? I wasn't. I didn't have accountability. No, fam. That's too easy. Mm. We're not letting you off the hook, right? Not you in particular. I'm just yeah. saying. But, but no. Like, let's 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 be honest. Mm-hmm. That's just, to me, that's just an easy, like, well, there wasn't accountability. No, you had men who egregiously took their eyes off of Jesus Christ. Mm. And as a result, they allow people to put their eyes on them. And now we see the works of the flesh being manifested in mm. them. Absolutely. But I also think that when, when wrong is done, people seek justice. No, no I'm not right? disagreeing with that whatsoever. Like, there should be justice. People should be held accountable, like, in terms of, like, yo... There are consequences you committed a crime. to what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, uh, it's the, the, these issues that we're seeing emerging in the church are really symptoms of a deeper root. And I just believe if we keep focusing on the symptoms and trying to focus on the symptoms and, the, and really not address the root, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. really going to help people, number one, avoid deconstruction. Because I I, I'm raising four children. I don't want my children to have to deconstruct anything. Mm. I want to be, I want to lay the foundation of Jesus Christ in their life and I want them to be careful how they build and how I build upon that foundation. Well, that, I think that that's a good argument for especially for a lot of the ex-evangelicals out there um, who no longer mm-hmm. associate with the church or mm-hmm. uh, part of, or even even Christians anymore for some of them um, that the, their biggest driving point is the the rampant hypocrisy that's in church because mm-hmm. of the lack of accountability. But I think a good point that you just made was that again, it, it comes back to what is, what is the spiritual intent and what is the spiritual status of your relationship with Christ? And how is that aside from the practical notion, aside from um, the fall from graces that may take place, uh, where are you personally, right? Spiritually, with God, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a relationship that always needs nurturing, right? Yeah, that always that always needs care. Mm-hmm. I think that's that can be done, yes, on a personal level, but again, having that done uh, at a corporate level where people can have a space to be able to have that conversation, I think it's still lacking. You know, no, yeah. no question. Mm-hmm. Can I um, add one to that? I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? Go ahead. No, I just, and, I, and and another question to that, like as related, is like how do you even get there? Like to what you all are saying, like on a leadership level mm-hmm. and on like a con- congregation level, how do you even get there if it did not exist? Right? Mm-hmm. If it, it, it particularly in leadership, if that didn't even exist, let's say for example, like take any church. I won't name a church. But let's just take any church and let's say there was some fall from grace on the leadership level. Mm-hmm. And so like to your point, what you said was when um, like the the spirit of God or like the like the egregiously falling away from Jesus. Right. Like what happens like to even gain that back or like or, or to get it in the first place if it was never even there in that particular church? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I would say. It goes back to understanding who who is who is the Lord God of your life. Like I didn't save myself. I didn't even orchestrate the events that needed to take place for me to even hear the gospel. God sovereignly chose me, saw me, knew me, called me, rescued me and redeemed me. And all I did was receive. So if we find ourselves in environments that are not healthy, if we find ourselves under leadership, uh, that that isn't the most healthy or that's toxic 
I believe when Peter said sanctify, meaning set apart the Lord as God in your heart. When the Lord is God in your heart, why would our, do we need to make Jesus God? No, he is God. Right. Make set him apart as God in your heart. When we when he had when no other rival, when there's no one near or close to Jesus in your heart, he can lead you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He can guide you. It's interesting, though, though, because it's like if that is not the case for a whole congregation of people where like they have a leader like or several leaders that have fallen from grace, like how does that congregation even get there? Like, so when it going back to church, Kurt, how do they even get to that place? How does that congregation get to that place that you just described in yeah. scripture? It's just, you know, mm. just, no, I'm with you, you know? but we want it to look a certain way. Like we want Jesus right. to kind of gather everybody, start a new organization and a new structure and a new name and mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. It may not look like that. Right. It may be as simple as the person that God was speaking to all along telling that individual hey i've called you to ministry i've called you to serve me well god my pastor didn't release me yet my pastor didn't allow me yet so who is the lord god in your life is it your pastor or is it the spirit of god there we go. and so i just believe <laughs> i just, trust just made a lot of that i just trust i really do trust in the ability of jesus to remember he never told the disciples build the church oh you mean as a musician i don't need a pastor no I, David needs salvation. <laughs> <laughs> David needs to be saved. But what I'm saying is, Jesus, oh no, nowhere in scripture does Jesus say to the disciples, build the church, build the church, build the church, build the church, right? What, he's, what he does say is, make disciples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let me deal with the building of the church. You guys function the way I've taught I've called you to function. Ooh, and I'll take I'll take care of that. You so do to, we trust God to, to be the Lord that. God of his church? Do we trust God to lead his children, his babies, his bride collectively? Come on. So like, let me let me ask you this then, because um, you're touching on, on a really good topic there, is what we understand what we should do as believers personally, right? And uh, whatever the construction of our faith take, looks like and whatever relationship with God looks like. But what do you think the church at large, right? For all the churches that may be listening, all the church leaders that may be listening, um, what do you think the church can do to um, help facilitate uh, having this, having these conversations, having asking these questions, um, and helping others possibly, you know, deconstruct their faith in a healthy way. Can I um, can I back up for one second because I wanted to address one mm -hmm. thing. Real yeah. Quick. Uh, here, um, I think when you, when both of you were talking, what I what I sensed was like it's not either or. It's both and. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yes, you need the spirit of God. Yes, you need accountability. Like, you can have the spirit of God and be without accountability and still be out of order. Yep. yep. I do believe that. Because right. at the end of the day, God never designed us, like I said before, to live in this world as an island. Yeah. Me, God, and nobody else... He's not pleased with that. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. trying to separate the two, but what I was saying is, like, for instance, there's guys that wrestle with pornography, and they may say, I got accountability. Bro, if you want to watch porn, you're going to watch porn. So that's why, that's, 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 that's <laughs> yeah, the point gotcha, I'm making. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, the yeah, point yeah, I'm making no, is like, no, no, no we gotcha. need accountability for sure, yeah. but I'm just saying, let's just be honest. Yeah. What, how powerful is accountability? Yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 it is a safety, a form of safety for you. But but if you in your heart mm-hmm. want to do something that is contrary to the will of God, you're going to mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. whether you then, have accountability or not. Which then is the bigger issue, which I was going to address, mm-hmm. is actually um, submission. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, who are you submitting to? First of all, if you can't even submit to somebody who you can see, mm-hmm. how can you submit to something that you can't? Like, at the end of the day, oh, that's, that's, that's about, dangerous, that's I'm with you, though, but uh, I, I feel like because we grew up in a church community where that was abused, my yeah. God. No, it was. Oh, it man, was. it was abused. And people, people sincerely felt like, I know God is speaking to me. I know he is. Mm. But if but I'm submitted. Because not hearing it. The, I can't do that. Can't the go. phrase specifically was there. correction comes from above. Yeah. 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 So yeah. No, I hear what you're saying though. No, no, no question. Because like, obviously I want my children to submit to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want them to, no, daddy. Like, I, Tell them now. Nah, bro. Like, no, they, right. so no, I'm daddy not disagreeing. But what you really just, want is for I them just, to be able to hear from God themselves. Exactly, bro. But here's the thing. Not just, uh, as a pastor, not just your congregation submitting to you, mm-hmm. but as a pastor, who are you submitting to? 100%. Because I think at the end of the day, everybody needs their checks and balances. Mm-hmm. It's not one person up here saying, I'm the king, and you follow everything that I do. I was in a situation, I'm not even going to say the name of the church, but I was in a situation with the church before where uh, the pastor of the church fired the minister of music, which was not me, fired the, the minister of music <laughs> of <clear>. that church. <laughs> um, and it was for some bogus stuff because uh, I, I was a part of that ministry. It was on some bogus stuff. But at the end of the day, what happened is the pastor of that pastor then stepped in and started righting the wrong. Basically, grandfather came in and said, oh, hmm. but that would never happen if that pastor that did the firing did not submit to somebody else mm-hmm. everybody everybody needs an upline a sideline and a downline you need someone who you're submitted to you need someone who basically you are a peer to who iron can sharpen iron and you need someone who's looking up to you and you you're saying okay I got to be on my P's and Q's because someone is counting on me to do something. It keeps you in line. It's just, mm-hmm. um, and dare I say practical, but it is a practical <laughs> truth. It's, that, it's the cross. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's, it's literally something that would keep you on your P's and Q's because no one, no one can live this life without submitting to something. No matter what you do, you are submitting to something every time you go out on the street. Submission is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. Here's Woo-hoo. the thing. The uh, question the question Modern is society. The question is what mission are you submitting to? And you got to make sure that you're in line with the correct mission that you're submitting to. Sometimes there's some corrupt people out here. And I believe they're corrupt because they don't submit to anything. Mm. I, I would dare to say. So you hear that, y'all? So you need somebody that's going to correct you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I was going to say to your question, though, about uh, the, roles. Like the health right, yeah. of people. And I, I feel like the one thing I've been just asking the Lord for for myself is I want to grow in humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I feel like because as, know, a, Peter, as a as a pastor, right? no, no, bro, as a, as a foreign word, in this day age. like I tell people all the time, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think one of the re- one of the issues with a lot of men of God today is they they have identified themselves so much in on the pedestal, on the calling, 
Like uh, I am a pastor, but dog, I'm Rodney. I'm a child of right. God. Yeah. First yep. and foremost. There we go. Right? Like pastoring yeah. or shepherding is what I'm ordained by God and graced by God to do. I will do this wherever mm. my two feet find themselves to be standing. I will be shepherding. Like it's just in me to do. But it's not necessarily, well, this is who I am. I'm the man of God and I'm yeah. pastor so and so. I'm Rodney. But that's just a sidebar. But but, <laughs> but the like authority what, of never mind. <laughs> what Pete what, what Peter said, he said that God resists the proud, but he gives mm. grace to the humble. Yeah. God opposes, literally. Like I would rather a demon, I would rather Satan himself, I would rather humans resist me, oppose me than God. There's not there's no winning when God opposes you. When God resists you, mm. when God stand stands against you, mm -hmm. you're in trouble, Oof. right? So I feel like mm. humility is necessary for us to number one see our need for grace, mm -hmm. and 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 really allow grace to further humble us, right? That will produce a reverence in our hearts to number one slow down and 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 just mm. acknowledge what are we doing here. Mm. What is this all about? These were the questions I was asking. Is it about church? Is it about a service? Is it about the worship? Is it about the preaching? Like, what is this? And really, if we can't answer that question for ourselves, then yeah, man, you're going you're gonna to remain on that hamster wheel. For me, the, 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 the answer is simple. I exist to serve the king, mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus okay. Christ himself. And the church is his bride and it is his kingdom. What am I doing as an individual in this kingdom? What am I doing as a part of a collective in this kingdom? And am I seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Am I asking the Lord, may your kingdom come? May your will be done? Or is church just all about what I can get out of it? What it's doing for me and my life and my family? And it, it is, is serving Jesus, the king of God, like the king of glory. Is that anywhere in the picture? And I know mm. I sound so spiritual, but this is spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. If we get away from the spiritual, we, yeah. we're no different than anybody else right. out here just talking and philosophizing. Hey, so. y'all. This is Amber, president of Let Love Rise Foundation Incorporated, and we have officially launched. Check out letloverise.org. If you are a community organization with volunteer needs, Go and sign up on our platform to promote all of your volunteer needs. And if you are a volunteer looking for ways to connect to your local community, looking for ways to make a difference, go on letloverise.org to sign up for these volunteer events. I'll see y'all at the next event. So the question is, uh, what role do you believe community and churches play in the deconstruction process? And how can churches better support those who are questioning their beliefs? Number one, not being afraid of the questions. Um, at the end of the day, it goes back to shepherding. Like, uh, I believe walking with people while um, understanding that people are going through a journey. This sanctification is exactly what we call it a process. So whatever, wherever you are in that process, trust God in that process and not don't try to rule over people in that mm -hmm. and shepherd them through that process um understanding and i love um what you said pastor before um uh, it's not just about uh throwing 
scripture down their throat. Like they need to be introduced to a real authentic relationship and experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a there's a scripture in the Bible where um, we talk about the woman at the well. Um, the woman at the well comes to the well and has an encounter with Jesus and they, they have an, an exchange there. But one of the things that's said is, um, uh, well, you guys worship this way and you we worship this way. Literally, they um, both believers, but worship different ways. OK, but at the end of the day, what he says is there com- there's coming a day we're where we're, um, God is going to want worshipers who worship him in what spirit, spirit and in truth. At the end of the day, I think there are some people leaning toward the whole truth, 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 truth. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some people in the spirit, spirit, spirit. There's nothing wrong with that either. But you got to have a healthy balance because at the end of the day, I I like it unto a kite, like a kite flowing in the wind is like the spirit. But if it has no foundation, it literally can go wherever it needs to go. Yeah. But you need a foundation and an anchor, which is the word of God. You need the anchor. But at the end of the day, you have these people um, or some people who just want to shove word down your mouth. And literally, there's no experience with it. There has to be an experience with the Holy Spirit. I love um, one of my favorite books written by Tommy Tenney. And um, he, he says, information tells me where God is. Revelation, uh, no, information tells me where God was. Revelation tells me where God is. So you need both information, yes, and revelation. What is God doing right now? Mm -hmm. And people are hungry and thirsty for something real, not just something that they can read about, but something that they can experience. Well, you know, it's interesting, I feel like people forget that the Bible is a piece of history right yeah. um that was written in a different context mm-hmm. written at a different time written for people living in a completely different culture by the way it was also written in a completely different language mm-hmm. so it's very easy for someone to read the bible and say well i don't understand um you know uh oh, well it's telling me that this is bad and telling me that um you know people look at the bible like it's a book of rules mm-hmm. and in the reality mm-hmm. There has to be a deeper search in truth. That's why it's called the living word, mm-hmm. because of the fact that it, it's going to reveal itself to you the more that you seek understanding. And what I mean by seek understanding is being able to look deeper into the context behind what was being said and what was being written, mm-hmm. what was going on culturally at the time, mm-hmm. what 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 was accepted at that time versus what was not accepted at that time when you begin to understand all those nuances of the context and history where these things are being written i feel like the bible begins to speak to you in ways that you begin to to actually worship him in spirit and in truth Mm -hmm. because to me it's more than just what you read at face value which i think causes a lot of arguments now in today's discussion right because people say well the bible says this but then people take it completely out of context (laughs) and i simplified it's just a little bit man i i feel like you know john in john 5 39 uh john records jesus going back and forth with the pharisees and jesus says you know you to the pharisees you search the scriptures because you think within them you have eternal life. Mm. But he says, but I say unto you, the scriptures point to me. Yeah, They bear witness about me. Mm. One of the first things Jesus did when he rose from the grave was he, was he joined two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Mm. 
And the Bible says for seven miles, I don't know how long it takes to walk seven miles, but it's going to be a few, at least probably a few hours. Hmm. It says that he began to expound on all things, beginning with Moses through the prophets pertaining to himself. Then when they got to their home and Jesus revealed himself to them, he said, they both said to each other, did not our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us on the, on the road? I think the, the, the issue is when we approach the Bible like a like a textbook, we've already we've already yeah. missed it. Yep. The purpose of the Bible is to reveal to us who the king of glory is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and as I approach the Bible, if I teach people That's good. Yeah. don't approach the Bible like what does the Bible want me to do? How does it want mm. me to behave? Yeah. And what is this? I say approach the Bible and ask the question of God. Jesus, as I read these scriptures, please reveal yourself to me. The whole purpose of the book is to reveal the plan and the person of God. Mm. And I think that when you, when you, when you, I remember seeing this video and 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 I'll shut up, but Mm. someone smuggled Bibles into China and uh, the suitcase was open and every, all these young people were grabbing the Bibles out of the suitcase. And then there was this holy hush Mm. and all you could hear was people weeping. Uh, and people were holding on to the Bible. And I said, they weren't, no textbook, no book period has any kind of sentimental value like that. Mm. They weren't hugging and holding a book. They were hugging and holding Jesus, Jesus. who the book revealed to them. Yes. This book reveals to me this person that I love more than anybody. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a different type of relationship. And here again, I, I think it's the root of why so many people now feel the need to deconstruct. Mm, right. I have I have zero desire, zero desire to deconstruct what I know about the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Period. Well, well, can I, um, yeah, to what you said, it's so funny how the scripture that you quoted where Pharisees are know all of these scripture and mm-hmm. Jesus saying, okay, Jesus is standing right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. And you can't even identify the Son of God in all of the information that you have in, inside your head. Mm-hmm. Literally, the Word is standing right in front of you. Mm. And you can't even identify it, but you know all of the Scriptures in your head. The difference between Spirit and the truth. If Jesus came in this room right now, not just the fact that we read about Him, but the fact that we experienced Him, we should know He's in the building. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, I think that's one of the challenges. That presence we, alone. The presence alone. Yeah. At the end of the day, we should know that he's in the building. Yeah, voice. When, when my wife comes in the door, I know she's there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Presence alone. Presence alone. Y'all can read it as much as you want to about her. You don't mm-hmm. know her like I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you better not. <laughs> but, but you don't know her like I do. Because we, not just, uh, not just in the knowledge but spiritually, we are joined. Yeah. yeah. If you are joined with the creator of heaven and earth and joined with Jesus, there is something, not just with knowledge about him, but literally a relationship and an experience with him. Nobody can take that away from you. Mm-mm. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody could take it from the demoniac. Right. Nobody could take it from... From the woman with the issue of blood, nobody could nobody yeah. can take away what you personally encounter with Jesus. Nobody can take that. But if it's all mental ascent, yeah. If it's all head knowledge, 
Oh man, Satan is going to have a field day. Oh boy, field day. Yeah. So, so for those that are deconstructing, and those who are asking questions, to those who are questioning their faith, do you think the church, you know, and those who have been hurt by the church, do you, do you think there should be more empathy in the church? A hundred percent. The empathy should be because if I weep with these people because I feel like, and y'all know me, man, we have these conversations on the side all the time. I feel like the church has missed it drastically. Oh, like yeah. I said. I, I hope to ruin you. Sit in church on Sundays and count how many times the name of Jesus is even mentioned. Mm. But yet we are his bride. Mm -hmm. If any man's name is in my wife's mouth more than oh, me, I got a problem. Goodness. Mm. I got a problem. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she talking about so and so and so and so. Yeah. Hey man, oh, oh nah. <laughs> I have a problem. That's so 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 we have all these mm -hmm. other names in our mouth more than we have the name of Jesus. Wow. And so, sure, the church should have empathy and, 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 and be empathetic. And, and, and that's why Paul said, I've laid the foundation. Be careful how you build on it. Mm -hmm. And that means be careful who you let build on it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's empathy for, for, the, for the people of God. But at the same time, there's responsibility for the people of God to sanctify the Lord as God. Well, to be discipled and to be equipped. Absolutely. And all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, yeah. The Lord, trust me, if you're his son and daughter. He knows how to father you. But it's almost like it's it's nowadays it's hard to disciple or shepherd someone without at first addressing whatever hurt that's taking place. Mm. You know, and especially with millennials, right? <laughs> because whenever you're having that conversation about well, how how can I be a better disciple of Christ? You there has to be that reconciliation first with whatever had you questioning your faith in the first place, mm -hmm. right? So to me, like that's where empathy really should reside is being able to have that conversation to say, hey, look, I'm sorry that 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 took that happened to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I and what happened to you was actually happened to you, because sometimes you get people that have been gaslit and they're like, no, nah, that didn't happen to you. You know, like, oh, <laughs> no, that's not, you know, not to sound harsh or anything, but I think we need to read the Bible, man. Read your Bible and look at what happened to Job. Read your Bible and look at what happened to Elisha, Elijah. Like, read your Bible and look at what Esther had to deal with. Like, the Bible is full of stories of people going through incredible conflict and trauma, but yet still followed the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. We're, we're, we, we are soft, you know, cushy diaper generation, bro. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, right it's, it's, now. No, but you, you write about Job because, like, if, it's like everything he went through. Even at the end when he got the blessing, he never got an explanation. Yeah. Like God never sat him down and said, here's why you went all through all those His things. His wife. He just went through it. Inspired yeah. by Satan says, curse God yeah, and die. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he even says, no, you, you tripping. You know, so I, I feel I feel as though right now there are believers. There's a pastor in India I'm connected with. And, and there's a lot of Hindu persecution against Christians. In Indonesia, there's a lot of persecution mm -hmm. against Christians from the Muslims. Mm -hmm. uh, we know about the Middle East and Islamic countries. China, one of the fastest growing churches on the planet right now. They don't have banners and mega churches and, and social media, but the church is on fire. What is Jesus doing differently in China than over here? And they're being locked up, incarcerated. The most, the most impactful mm -hmm. men of God, nobody knows who they are. Because if they knew who they are, they would kill them or imprison them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in order to keep these men safe, no one knows who they are. But here, everyone's trying to build a platform. Right. Everyone wants to be famous. Oh, everyone right. wants to have their name in yeah. someone's mouth. Yep, yep, so yep. I just feel like 
not not to not to discredit you know i've been hurt bro mm-hmm. like you know i've been hurt yeah did that stop me from walking with my Lord and Savior yeah. who redeemed yeah. me with his own blood by stretching out on a cross for me? I, you know, I think it's great to aspire to, you know, different characters in the Bible. And, and but I do I also do believe that, you know, everyone, you know, needs certain care. You know, and I think some people, yes, some people can be like Job and get up and, and, and do and be obedient to God without question. But I think there's some people out there who are genuinely hurt, who genuinely want someone to just be able to walk with them and to no be question. able to maybe address whatever hurts there and then being able to then move forward you know because mm-hmm. a lot of times at least you know if anybody's been in therapy they'll teach they'll 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 a therapist will walk you through your past trauma first yeah. before you can actually get whatever healing that might be in store ahead that ahead, ahead you know of. how many therapists i've had uh i probably can't even count them on one hand yeah uh because now i have a great one uh, but uh, it took me so long because every therapist is different yeah. yep. and every approach is different. And I think at the end of the day, there's not one approach, even as it relates to people's relationship with God and you shepherding them. Yeah. There's not just one approach that works because everybody is different. Everybody you have different, different yeah. personalities. You can, you know, for some people that they might get frustrated with what you just said. Right. Like, just tell me what to do. Exactly. Like, like yeah. just leave. Obe- obey. And, yeah. Just tell and, me what to do. On. Like, yeah. I'm like, stop, stop talking around stuff. Like yeah. that's, that's just not me. Right. But there are some people that need you to walk through things with He's them. A TLC. They, mm-hmm. they do need that. And yeah. it, it, I think it's time, time out for us in this world to stop demonizing something because it is not, it's not in line with your specific personality right because just because it's not in line with your specific or personality, the culture yeah or the culture no, it's it's yeah. not it's not this is more of uh this is this is a tactic in a way but um the way to jesus yes there is one the way to god is through jesus but at the end of the day we all experience our experience with jesus is different our experience with God is different. Uh, my children, each uh, I have two of them. Their experience with me is different. Yeah, there yeah. we go. It's just different because they're different individuals, very different individuals. But I think the principles stay the same, and yes, I th- and I think that I think this is what's so much of of is is ignorant within our in our church circles is the principle. The principle is that that God, the Lord, is God. The Lord is your comforter. The Lord is your comforter. Mm-hmm. I my my brother was murdered. I saw him the night I was putting my kids down. He's helping me put my mm-hmm. kids down for bed. Someone knocks banging on my door at three in the morning. It's detectives telling me my brother has been murdered. Okay. And God is now using me in the midst of my my heart is bleeding to lead his people to mm-hmm. to bring about direction and healing for his people. I didn't have time to say. Oh, I'm just hurt. And I just can't, I can't serve anybody. Mm. I can't do anything because I'm hurting. I'm hurting, man. That's self idolatry. And we just don't have enough people willing to, willing to call it what it is. Mm. It's, it's, there's a, there's a thin line between, yo, I'm hurt. My wife knows I'm hurting. I know when she's hurting. It's not to say we don't comfort each other or the Holy Spirit. Why would we need, why would, why would we need a comforter if we wouldn't experience discomfort? So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But what I feel is though, so many people are worshiping their pain. They're, 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 they're wanting all of this attention on themselves instead of saying, listen, 
Look, look at your heritage. Look at your king. He got off of his throne and suffered for you. He was rejected. He was alone. He was crucified naked. He was lied about. He had his beard pulled out. He, someone spit in his face, hmm. smacked him, insulted him, blasphemed against him. Come on, man. We serve a God who's not immune to pain. In fact, the Hebrew says we serve a God who knows what we have been tested with, yeah. who identifies with our pain. Well, you know, I think there's a line, though, where there's a line between, you know, I'm going to still serve God despite my discomfort and despite mm-hmm. um, my suffering. But then there's also the other side of it where it's like, well, maybe I need to take a step back to heal. And maybe I need to take a step back to actually deal with whatever trauma is going on. And maybe I need, maybe instead mm-hmm. of leading, I need to be in a place where I, I am I'm walking with someone in that healing journey yeah. while I, I heal. Please it, don't hear me. Please don't hear me saying. I'm just, I'm just distinct no, the two sides. There's no yeah. place for someone to surround to you and walk with yeah. you or take a step back. All, I'm speaking directly to the to to just the foundation of someone's soul. I want you to know this that yes, when you suffer and when you go through things, there is nothing like having godly people to surround you. But what you must understand is in this world you will endure hardship. Mm-hmm. You will in, endure suffering. But he said um in this life there will be tribulation or something yes. said, but take heart yes mm-hmm. i have overcome the world yes yeah james said count it all joy when you experience mm-hmm. different various trials and tribulations so I, I i just believe in our western world we are obsessed with ourselves mm-hmm. we we are borderline self-idolatrous people mm-hmm. we really yeah, are bro the word. Yeah. and and i feel like a lot of church has capitulated to it Mm-hmm. Think about, bro, I've worked in churches. The church, the largest church I worked in was like six to 700 people. And so much of the energy was spent on how do we get people? How do we, how do we? And, well, and I see Jesus doing yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Huh? Thousands of people are thronging him and surrounding him. And he says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. What? <laughs> hey, man, we, this is exactly what I wanted. Then he turns to the disciples. Are you going to leave also? And what did Peter say? Where else are we going to go? That's where we need believers to be. Mm. Where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. So we have people deconstructing because they are not at Peter's place. Mm. They're not. Mm. They haven't arrived to the place where they can say, where else am I going to go? Yeah, I'm hurt. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to heal. Yeah, I'm confused a little bit right now, but I'm going to get some clarity at some point. So, you know, as we're talking about deconstruction, um, and millennials leaving the church, there was a recent actual statistic that said that 39% of millennials are reported attending church weekly, which is up from, and that was reported as of last year, which mm-hmm. is up from 21% mm-hmm. in 2019. So actually, more millennials, even though we are talking about the topic of this uh, deconstruction and how millennials are leaving church, there are actually more millennials now coming into church. Praise God. You know, since when? Since 2019. Okay. Oh, praise God. Yeah. And now, okay. now, if you were to look over the, the decade, millennials are still leaving the church. But mm-hmm. over the last two years, there's been an uptick in millennials yeah. actually yeah. coming yeah. to church. We st- we had praying yeah. grandmothers. We yeah. had praying mamas, man. Yeah. And we, and we, and we had seeds sown. Definitely, the pandemic I think had something to do with that yeah. because right. you know being alone kind of 
drove that need to be back with community again. Yeah. But um, I just want to say that I think having these conversations is more important now than ever, especially as yeah. more and more people are, are looking to go back into church, yeah. right? And more and more families, more and more people who have had a, had a rough past with churches and things of that nature that really that, you know, what we're talking about is an experience mm. with Jesus and an experience mm-hmm. with a spiritual connection that is uh, Christ, right? And I think that when we can encounter his love on a personal level, it becomes less about um, what you need to do to fit in somewhere, but more mm-hmm. so with what does your relationship with Christ look like? Yeah. So um, anyways, I think that this has all been a, a really healthy conversation around church and deconstruction, and they're all very real topics of what's happening especially in today's church hmm. and uh and i'm so glad that we had two great perspectives on uh, one from the <laughs> mega church perspective here in columbia maryland <laughs> but we also had uh a one that's that's you know s- small in size but big in faith. house churches are taking over the yeah. globe just amen they, they really are they really are taking and that, over maybe, the globe. that might be another topic Going for back another to the day, basics but I, I also believe that how churches are, are making a comeback and actually will be the new trend um, and mm. mega churches will be in the decline. But that's my personal opinion. Another topic for another day. I would but, love to be a part of that conversation. Yes, yes, we can. There, there is part, part of me that solely agrees with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, and I think that's all fair, fairly said. So uh, yeah. with that being said, um, thanks for watching and tuning into the Do Everything With Love podcast show. Uh, we got more content coming to you as we deal with millennial trends in the church. Thanks and see you soon.